I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. A slightly less sad version of Blue Jays Nation Radio, Coomsey, compared to the last one we dropped. To our credit, I think we were pretty calm following the Blue Jays collapse in game two of the wild card. How long ago was that now? That feels like it was like a year ago. That episode was dropped exactly 10 days ago, but you're right. It does feel like a long time ago. Um, I don't know. I There's a part of me that looks back at the Jays season and is like, ah, you know, all things considered, last, last season, we thought maybe they'd push for the playoffs and they just missed that. This year, we were like, hey, they're a playoff team, but maybe they go on a run. They just missed that. So they've fallen short of like our grand expectations in back-to-back years, but they've taken a step forward in back-to-back years. Yeah, do you feel better? Did we? I, I think we might have talked about this on the last episode. I can't really remember, to be honest with you, because like I said, it feels like it was two years ago. But do you feel better now about their outlook big picture than you did this time last year when they just missed the playoffs after a 90 win season. You feeling good? Hmm. That is a very intriguing question. Um, How did we feel last year? We we were upset it didn't work out, but we really felt like, I don't know, because it's weird because you had so many free agents and you didn't know where the team was going to go. Yeah, and that's and a good point. Like, they'll the be able to now, run right? back this exact group if they choose to, right? Like, you could bring back Ross Stripling. You could bring back everyone. Um, and, you know, it's it's reasonable to expect that Vladdy could have a better season next year. It's reasonable to expect Bo's more consistent next year. Um, maybe they're healthier. Maybe Barrios bounces back. The only player I'd look at and look at their production of last season and go, I wonder if we'll get that again is maybe Alec Manoa, right? Because even though I think he is great, he is elite. There's no guarantee you get like, like he could very well be top three in Cy Young voting next season. There's no guarantee yeah. you get that year over year. But even if you lose a little bit on Manoa, I think maybe you gain a little bit on Kevin Gosman not having like awful Babbitt luck and Jose Barrios just generally not being dog shit every three starts, right? <laughs> so the well, yeah, I, I'm more positive. I, that's where I'm going to come out on this. I'm more positive than I think I was a year ago. I think the other thing about this year's team is it didn't feel like at any point they really hit their stride and dominated over an extended period. I think they did well in April, and it was a lot. It was kind of janky. The bullpen was fantastic. And then they had a lot of ups and downs in the middle of the year. And then September, they really seemed to hit their stride. But there wasn't a point where it was 
you know, like 2015. And I mean, I don't think we have to sit here and say that every good team is going to have a 2015 run. Not everyone does, but it, th- there was never a point where there was like a month or two strung together where you thought, yeah, these guys are really operating at their full potential. I don't know how often that actually happens because I probably don't pay attention to other teams enough, but the fact that they did that well, they won, you know, 92 games despite never feeling like they were at their best. You know, they only had one fewer win than the 2015 team did. So, I mean, the fact that you can just bring that whole group back and do it again should be positive. But then there's also the negative aspect of that, which is they never hit their stride, maybe for a reason. I don't know. I think I feel good about it. I like how you mix that in there at the end. You're like, I feel good about it. Although there's this daunting thing that maybe this isn't a group of winners and that's something you can't change. And the DNA of this core is somehow soiled. I tweeted from the Blue Jays Nation account during the game against Seattle, and I said, this Jays team has a real Leafs vibe they have to shake. And a lot of people in the replies are pretty pissed off about it, but I do still kind of feel that way. And that's that's the hidden the, the, the hanging anxiety I have there. And I mean, you can you can say this about like any sports team in any Canadian market, it feels yeah. like it's a real NHL way of looking at your team. They just don't got it. And that's why they don't win. They don't want it bad enough. But it just permeates it. It always finds its way in. It's that's that's just sports fandom. That's kind of me and you too, right? Like, do they got that dog in them and are the vibes? We're all, vibes. <laughs> we're, all we're the all vibes podcast. We're 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 very reactionary. <laughs> Yeah, so I think as a whole, it's easy to look at this team and be like, hey, the next year could be another step forward for them. Just because, again, like, we sit here, we follow, we watch this team year after year after year after year. And I think, I mean, we're guilty of this with a guy like Danny Jansen, too, right? Where we're like, oh, my God, Danny Jansen's been around forever. Like, it's about time he has a good season. Then you talk to people who aren't Jays fans or who are baseball followers of another team and they're like hey that Jansen's one of your good young catchers and you're like oh shit yeah he's 27 years old right and I feel like we're doing that to to a certain extent with guys like Vladdy and Bo and it's like oh man Bo Bichette was born in 1998 Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was born in 1999 these guys are not even in their mid-20s yet or they aren't 25 years old that's usually when guys like arrive in Major League Baseball or have their breakout seasons in Major League Baseball. These guys are established Major Leaguers, and sometimes I feel like we look at them and are like, oh, my God, well, we know what Vladdy is. He's going to hit the ball on the ground a lot, blah, blah, blah. Or we know what Bo is. He can't play defense, and we don't allow ourselves that room for like, oh, no, they, they could have better seasons next year. Like, they're still growing as athletes, as baseball players, as all of that. Yeah, 100%. And I think you have to less look at the teams who busted their way in and just did it immediately found their success immediately. And then you have to look at a team like the Washington nationals. Like they, you know, built that core over so long being so bad. And then it's finally when Bryce Harper leaves in free agency, they win and their best guys like Juan Soto, Anthony Rendon. It's, it's not the group you necessarily expected. And the reality with the Jays is they're set up to be competitive for a long period of time because the, how you win the world series is just continuously making the playoffs and eventually getting through like Atlanta's win last year, I think, they're a fan, they're a really good team, but I think there's an element of luck involved as well because they go up against the LA Dodgers in the championship series who Max Scherzer's arm has fallen off. Clayton Kershaw's not pitching. Max Muncy's not playing. And then you face the Astros in the World Series and they've got injuries too. And that's kind of just life. Like you're you never know when your best shot's gonna come. So you have to create a situation for yourself where you frequently have chances. And that's I I I think at the very least with the Jays here is they're good enough to get in over and over and over again for the next few years. 
even though they play in the most difficult division in baseball and they don't have the luxuries that a Cleveland Guardians franchise does where it's like, hey, yeah, we like we might try to be good this year. We might not. I don't know. But, like, we're going to get to play the Tigers and Royals like 60 times. So, like, we'll <laughs> rack up 55 wins in those games. You know, like, I'm being whatever, kind of sarcastic, kind of a dick. But, you know, the Jays have to actually, like, push and go for it year after year because pretty much every other team in their division that they have to play for basically half their schedule is going for it year after year after year, which is what makes this off season so fascinating to me because you look at the way this team is kind of structured starting in the infield, right? The catchers, you got this three headed monster now with Mourinho knocking at the door. It's not like you can go get a better catcher than the Jays have. Alejandro Kirk was an all-star. Vladdy's locked in at one Bo's locked in it short, whether you like it or not. Chapman's locked in at three at second base. You could, you know, maybe you could look at getting like a left-handed version of Santiago Espinal. And maybe you think that, you know, the lineup's better, but even in the outfield, right? Springer to an extent locked in at center. Teoscar Gurriel are your corner guys. Maybe you could bring in a better version of Rymel Tapia. Like you, you, what I'm saying here is the Jays are kind of locked in with this core. They've spent big money in a few off seasons. Now, I'm not sure if there's like an easy way for them to just go out and improve this roster. Like, do you see that anywhere? I can think of one way and it's a two birds, one stone situation, oh because I think if the blue Jays are going to get something, you'd, you'd like this off season to add a big bat, um, a left-handed bat, and then also a starting pitcher. So why not find someone who's both of those guys? And there's a guy out there out in the West Coast who has played for a completely terrible Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim team now. And he just said that he wasn't happy with the way things went down this year for the Angels. Because, as always, they missed the playoffs and they were nowhere close. That's a big splash. I love it. You know me. I would give up more or less whatever it takes to get Shohei Otani here in a Toronto Blue Jays jersey. If it's Mourinho, Tiedemann, all 10 of your best prospects, I do it in a heartbeat because just for the chance to watch a unicorn, the most unique player the sport's ever seen, to see him in a Jays jersey at the Rogers Center would be unbelievable. You pay that price to get him here. I don't think it's going to happen for a few reasons. The one is, if you're the Angels, how do you look at 31-year-old Mike Trout, guy who's given his career to your franchise, and go, hey, man, we're rebuilding and we're trading Otani. You can't do that. If you're going to do that, Mike Trout, he would be insane to not ask out, right? But how do you get him out though? Because look at the money that he's owed and look at his injury now. There's, there's, I, I don't know how you get someone like the Yankees took on Giancarlo Stanton's contract and that was less significant. And I don't know if the move's been good for them. And I mean, Mike Trout's as good as it gets. Like he's, one of the best baseball players of all time. And if his career gets, you know, knocked short because of back injuries and that'd be devastating. But the reality is, is do you want a 31 year old Mike Trout at that price point? Do you want to take that gamble? And then if you already have that investment, how do you sign Shoei Otani and then flesh out a team around them? Why would he want to stick around? It, it, I, it would be a, a bit of a catch 22. I think How do you make it work. It's impossible. And the other thing we heard in August or whatever that Art Mourinho's considering selling that team, right? Or he's looking into selling that team. Are the Angels more valuable with Shohei or Otani, or are they more valuable to a potential buyer with four prospects from the Toronto Blue Jays or some shit like that, right? Yeah, that's the thing is you 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 kind of want to have Otani there because then you can sell a billion, a billion Otani jerseys, whether it's in California or whether it's in Japan. And I mean, that's great, even if you're not winning, 
but you might be more attractive if you don't immediately have to sign a guy to a $450 million contract, which might be off-putting to someone who's spending billions of dollars to buy a fucking baseball team located near Disney World. Or Disneyland, sorry. It's in Disneyland, California. You know? I, uh, those are interesting counterpoints to what I've been saying because, yeah, my thought on it was just, especially with that one-year $30 million deal, like if the Angels decide to move Otani closer to the deadline because they're out of the race again, they're still going to get a massive haul for him. They're still going to get, get more. Yeah, they could. There could be a bidding That's war. Good team. So I, I don't think we sh- anyone should be holding their breath for an Otani deal in the next three months. Okay, well, let's take away whether the Angels would do it or whether Akin Shapiro would do it or whether Rogers would greenlight the cash for it. Yeah. Hypothetically, if you were you were playing armchair baseball roster baiter right now, um, would you be comfortable giving up any of the big three? The big three to me are Bo, Vlad, and Alec Manoa. Angels are asking for one of those guys to be coming back. How yeah. would you how would you order them? Or when would you give up any of them? In order of who I'd be the most comfortable dealing? Mm-hmm. What if the Angels come to you and they say, hey, look, like we want Vladdy Jr. We had Vladdy Sr. That's a thing for us. And that's that's the, the, the core of this deal. We'll give you the one full year of Shoei Otani, and you get one year to convince him to stick around forever. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah I don't know, man. I, I need a contract with him. Like, I'd need yeah. a 10-year deal. You can't risk one year to get... You can't you can't sacrifice Vladimir Guerrero Jr. for one year of Otani. You can't do that. But I think if you have Otani locked up for the next decade, you probably do that if it's if it's one for one. Like, is is like I love Vladdy, man. I love Bo. I love Manoa. But Otani is as good of a pitcher as Manoa, and he hits. And he's a, you're basically mixing. Like if you look at the numbers, you're almost mixing those two players together. Yeah. It's really- so like, It's insane to think about. Like It's hard to wrap your hand around how good he is. But I don't think the Angels would do that. I think the Angels would be like, oh, we're tearing it down. We're getting prospects. I don't know. It's, 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 it's hard to say what a team like the Angels do because they're such an enigma. Like, look at what they have done recently, signing like Anthony Rendon. Last winter, their way of trying to build it was going and handing out tons of money to build their bullpen through Ryan Tapera and Aaron Loop and then getting Noah Syndergaard. And it just never works. Nothing works. Like at some point with them, you have to consider just tearing it down, starting from scratch, and maybe you have to say to Mike Trout, hey, unfortunately, this is the only way we're going to do it. And you're the veteran teaching the new kids? I don't know. I don't know how you fix the Angels, man. That's a that's a mess. But from the Jays' perspective, I would hope that Ak and Shapiro are involved in eh, talking about the possibility of making an Otani move. I think it'd be fantastic. If it was prospects and whatever, it's everyone's yeah. on the table, though, right? Like... Course. Even whatever, Mourinho or Kirk, whichever one they want, sure, have them. Have one, both of them. I don't give a shit. Like, if it's just, if it's anyone outside of that big three, it's whatever it takes to make it happen, right? Interesting. Yeah, I think I, I think that's reasonable. I think anybody in the system, no doubt, no doubt. But you have to be a little wary to trade players off of your current roster now because the last thing you want is to create a significant hole when, you know, Filling another one, right? You add Otani and you get yep. the, the the two player, one player, which is great. But say you have to send Bo back in that trade, all of a sudden there's no all star caliber shortstop, which is very difficult to replace. Yeah. It's a tough position to replace. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Caitlin McGrath, just sticking on the topic of offseason rumors and whatnot, Caitlin McGrath of The Athletic put out a story a few days ago saying 
Uh, Blue Jays will make a significant trade and three more predictions for the offseason. She started with the Jays will be bigger players on the trade market than in free agency. She goes on to kind of outline, you know, everything we just talked about where they've spent money in the last few years. Some of their young players are getting more expensive while, you know, maybe they look at the higher or they look at some relievers and things like that. Ross Stripling's free agent too. A trade market will likely be where they make their dent. And her follow-up prediction was the Jays trade one of their three catchers out of Jansen, Kirk, and Mourinho. Jansen, the least valuable of the trio given his age. Mourinho, Kirk, I think it's probably fair to say the value on those two would be a toss-up, right? Yeah, it depends on what team you are and what your situation is. If you're you know, a smaller market team like a Cleveland or something like that and you want a cheap catcher who's ready to go right now, you want Kirk. But if you're a team right in the middle of a rebuild and you want all the years of control, then you're better off taking your risk on Gabe Moreno, obviously. Yeah. Uh, she mentioned the Cardinals as an interesting possibility. Just, again, a team you're looking at losing Yadier Molina. They could be in the market to say, hey, you've got a couple of young catchers who are just starting their Major League Baseball careers. What an easy way to transition away from an all-time great to pick up a high-end prospect. Um, is there anyone on the Cardinals? I'm throwing you totally just a, an out-of-right-field question here because I know we haven't really prepped a lot for, for this kind of stuff, but the the Cardinals are a team. We've heard the Jays and them connected before. Remember the Donaldson, Jack Flaherty? Yep rumors and all of that is there anyone on the on the cardinals who you look at and go eh, maybe it seems like the target the jays fans have already decided is their guy this offseason you know every offseason we always have a guy yeah. kind of goes all the way back to like the days where they need to pick lefty bats they're going to get jay bruce and it always felt inevitable it's 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 shocking to look back at the fact that jay bruce never played for the blue jays in his career because it seemed that he did but this guy that this offseason from st louis is lars newtbar Everyone's obsessed with this left-handed outfielder. He's six foot three. He slashed 228, 340, 448. He hits 14 home runs. Pretty good. The Jays could use that kind of bat in the outfield. They they definitely lack that. So that's the kind of Danny Jansen for this guy is what everyone's suggesting. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the Cardinals outfield, they have Harrison Bader and oh no, sorry, they moved him. Um I was just looking at their opening day roster from last year. Sorry, yeah, Lars Newbar. Why would the Why would the Cardinals move him though? Well, they need a catcher. I they guess. Just yeah, you got to give to get. Money. Like that's a baseball trade right across. If you're going like whatever it is, Jansen for Newbar. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's just two teams with surpluses and two teams with needs. The Jays need a left-handed bat. The Cardinals need a catcher. But the problem is, is there's a handful of catchers available in free agency, so the Cardinals could just solve their problem by spending money. Yeah, they could. And then you keep your good young outfielder who's six foot three. Uh, the other prediction Caitlin McGrath had was that uh, she had the Jays signing Justin Verlander, or at least try. And wouldn't that be something if they backed That'd up the fun. truck and that was your Ross Stripling replacement, was bringing Justin Verlander into this rotation? Um, they tried last year. Yeah. And Verlander and he said, said uh, he, Yeah. He Verl- said he was this This was his other choice. If, if Houston hadn't have showed up with, I think he, they offered the, it was this, the two teams made the exact same offer. If Houston hadn't have shown up and matched, he would have signed with the Jays. He always pitched well at the Dome. Yeah, he's throwing, what, two no-hitters there now? I think so, yeah. He would throw two no-hitters during one season. It would be amazing. It's an automatic. <laughs> it's and just a perfect fit. The final one that I wanted to get your take on before we uh, take a look at some other stuff going on around uh, around the MLB is she says the Jays sign an extension with, with one of their young players, but not the one you think. And she's talking 
about signing Alec Manoa to a big extension this winter. That honestly makes sense to me. Like Bo and Vlad, maybe it's more complicated. Maybe it's more expensive, all of that stuff. But but Manoa strikes me as a guy who would really take a lot of pride in like committing to the franchise, committing to the city. He's got that kind of vibe about him where him signing a 12-year contract right now at the Toronto Blue Jays would, if he already is a fan favorite, I know that, but it would just bring him to a whole nother level here for him to sit there and be like, I want to be a Blue Jay my whole career. I could see it happening. Yeah, you could also see, it's important to remember the context of these situations. And it always came up when, say, a Wander Franco or a Ronald Acuna Jr., a Juan Soto, or I guess Juan Soto didn't sign his contract, but um, with, with those players signing their long-term deals, uh, the context always was, why haven't the Jays gotten their two big guys locked up yet? But the difference is, is, you know, Bo and Vlad come from, you know, very different financial situations in their lives. And there's no guarantee that it's really worth their while to lock in now during or ahead of arbitration to a forever contract when they can just walk themselves to free agency and, you know, pick their destination, pick their situation. I'm not saying that they're not going to be loyal and stick around with the Jays. It's not my prediction, but, you know, they they have that, they have that ability to do so more so than someone who didn't grow up with generational wealth. So for Alec Manoa, who doesn't have, you know, a parent who made a hundred million dollars in the big leagues, it might be a little easier than to lock into a forever contract at this age, one where the Jays would be probably down the road, saving a tremendous amount of money. If he does become like a Roy holiday franchise pitcher, which given the way he's gone in his first two seasons, it looks like he will. The counterpoint to what you said, similar to how you gave counterpoints to my Angels to my Angels stuff with Otani, would be, you know, Bo and Vlad don't really care if they miss out on a few million down the line because, again, you mentioned it come from money. Parents were in the big leagues, all of that kind of stuff. Um, they could sit there and be like, "No, I care more about my legacy, and I want to be someone who wrote it out with the same team. I want to be someone who was a part of a dynasty, right?" So maybe they do sit there and go, oh, yeah, like I'll do the 10, 11-year deal because, one, you still get your guaranteed money, right? You're earning your own money still. And, two, it's, it's a bit of a legacy play as well, unless maybe in their minds, and I guess this is what we will never know, is do they sit there and go, no, no, I want to be one of those guys who cashes in big with the Yankees when I'm 29 and gets that big deal, cashes in with one of those big market U.S. teams and does that. So, that again, I'll agree with you in that sense. I do think it's more likely we see a Manoa extension than we do a Bower of Lad. Yeah, that's, that's, it's, it's honestly just kind of echoing what I've always thought with those two. I always thought that, I mean, Toronto probably could get it done if they, you know, showed up and they were like, hey, guys, matching 10-year, $400 million deals, let's yeah. do it. I would imagine they probably say yes because that's pretty good, you know, value for them. But um, I don't know if the Jays with those two players are going to be able to find themselves in a situation where they can lock them up long-term and save money in the future given their circumstances. I, I, I just think it makes sense for Manoa to do so more. But then you're also signing a pitcher to a long-term deal, and it's so much harder to project what pitchers are going to do because, you know, pitchers get injured. There's a significant amount of wear and tear on starting pitching. There's a reason it's so expensive and so hard to find. But, I mean, I, I'm, I'm personally all for the, the, the Jays locking up any of these three guys. Of course, it's, you want to create these foundations of success. And the whole point of doing the rebuild and getting the young talent is you want the young talent to stick around because you want to create that foundation for future success. And that's how you do it. Before we get into looking at how uh, the Major League Baseball postseason is shaking down now that the Jays are out, got to give some love to DoorDash. 
Our listeners, for a limited time, can get 25% off and no delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code GAMEDAY25. Shout out to DoorDash. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Coomsey, it is ALCS NLCS time. The Phillies are already up ahead, 1 0 in their best of seven against the San Diego Padres. Before we talk about the two series going on right now, let's look back a little bit. The LA Dodgers, done after a 111 win season. Your thoughts on the Dodgers getting bounced and your thoughts about the conversations being had about eh, maybe this MLB postseason format isn't as good as we thought? Yeah, I think it's really funny that. So in the National League, you had pretty much all of the lower seeds move on. The Mets lose in the wild card series despite 101 wins. The Atlanta Braves, the unstoppable Alex Anthopoulos force, they lose to the Phillies as well, a team that was, what, 14 games behind them in the standings, and the Dodgers have the best season they've ever had. 111 wins, and then they get bounced in the division series by San Diego, which is hilarious because San Diego is, what, like 20 games behind them in the standings? I think if you're a Blue Jays fan, which we are, um, this makes you feel slightly better about the catastrophic loss to Seattle because it just reminds you of how random this is. I think the, the temperament now towards the situation, having seen the Dodgers lose, a team that has gotten it done in the playoffs before, they got it done in 2020, the year that you had to win more playoff rounds than ever. You know, they it's, it's not that they don't have that dog in them. They can't win the playoff series when it's difficult. It's not that. No, it's just that these are small sample sizes and there's a tremendous amount of randomness. And I think seeing these National League teams do that makes you feel a little bit better about the Jays. But then meanwhile, what you also see is, you know, Houston just pumped Seattle. So it's like, are the Jays even close to good enough to get through a team like this? So, eh. but from all, for all the whining about the playoff format and how it's unfair to good teams, we're now in what the seventh straight season that the Astros and the ALCS is just like the American league East team and the Astros. It's, you know, it's the Yankees and the Astros, it's the Red Sox and the Astros, it's the Rays and the Astros over and over and over and over again. So, I mean, clearly it's fine. The good team is probably going to win. Yeah, I think it's so stupid when this happens in every sport. There's an upset, and all of a sudden, one fan base is like, oh, my God, it's so unfair. 
It's like, well, you know, like not everyone's going to win every year, right? Like if it was the same thing, like you said, on one hand with the Astros, it's the Astros every single year. If it was just oh. the Astros Dodgers going head to head every single season, we'd be sitting here being like, oh, the playoff format's broken because it's the same teams every year. Like it's just one of those things where you're never going to please anyone. Um, I really do like the vibes that the Philadelphia Phillies have going on, though. I pegged them from the start. I had them winning that wild card round. I wasn't right on a lot, but I was right on that because I like their rotation. You know, you got the Harper Schwarber combo. They seem to, Ramuto, one of the best hitting catchers in the league. They seem to just be hitting their stride at the perfect moment. And for them to, we talk about luck, for them to now be up one nothing in the NLCS, when you think back to game one of the wild card round, they had to pull off just a stupid, impossible comeback to even get within a sniff of winning that ball game. It's, you need a lot of luck is the point in all of this. And people don't like admitting that because they think it's like talking down on the sport or something, but every single sport to go on a championship run, you need luck. And that's why I loved what you said earlier, where to win a world series, you just have to have a roster that's good enough to get to the playoffs year after year after year after year. Yeah, I think I think it's positive. I, I really do understand the sentiment where people talk about, oh, you know, the real test of merit is the 162 game season and you have your four playoff games, whatever your, you know, your best two teams duking it out. But the whole point of having this thing and having it become easier to make the playoffs and seeing the 87 win Phillies on the verge of reaching the World Series is that you're a team like Milwaukee or a team like Arizona or the White Sox who are hovering around the mid 80s wins. And you go all in at the deadline so you can make a run. You want more teams actively trying to win. This makes it so that teams can win. Man, it's unfortunate that the best team in baseball this year, I do think, was the Dodgers. They won 111 games. I think we can say that they were the best team in baseball, but they didn't win the end-of-year tournament. And those are two different things, and that's fine. You, The more reasons you give teams to actively try and win, the better. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better. Uh, the Braves are out. You made a little joke about it there, but now we don't have to deal with the discourse about AA being the greatest GM ever. Yeah, it's annoying because, like, you know, you'd like to be able to sit here and just root for AA to do well, but every time he does something well, the conversation becomes how big of a clusterfuck things are in Toronto. And it's like, oh, the Cleveland crew set the Jays back a million years. And it's like, well, no, they have the best foundation they've had in my life. And I was born in 1993. Like, this is easily the best situation they've ever been in, and credit to AA for doing well, but I'm just glad we don't have to have a winter, of, an entire winter of these conversations like we did last year, man. It was it was so draining to just do this over and over and over again. Just just be happy for the guy. It's a it's a different situation. He, he, he became a very different GM when he worked for the Dodgers for two years than he is now. Yeah. Uh, our friends at Point... Our friends at PointsBet Canada have the latest odds on the World Series. The Astros favorites at plus 160. Uh, we are uh, just a couple hours away at the time recording this from the beginning of the ALCS. The Phillies, they are plus 250. Yankees, plus 300. Padres, plus 450. It is prediction time, Coombsy. Who will meet in the World Series? Hard to bet against the Astros at this point. It just yep. kind of seems like an automatic they're going to come out of the American League. So that's kind of funny, the belly aching about that. But yeah, I would go... Houston versus Philly. It 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 seems unlikely that San Diego is going to be able to make this happen again. Philly seems like the team of destiny. I don't know if Philly can beat Houston in the World Series, but like you said, they got the pitching to do it. So, hey, actually, if you if you think back, remember at the beginning of the year we did our preseason thing with BK, and I said the Phillies kind of had Jays energy out east, and that would be a great World Series. And unfortunately, Jays didn't uh, live up to their end of the bargain. But I still do think the Phillies are going to go to the World Series. And I never, never doubted them. Never once. 
Never once. Uh, the Phillies are up one nothing right now in uh, the top of the second in Game Two of the NLDS. So, or sorry, NLCS. That is. Uh, so we'll see. I'm with you. I think it's going to be Phillies Astros, and I would imagine we're going to do another podcast between now and then, so we can maybe save our World Series predictions for that point. Uh, Justin Verlander, future Blue Jay, getting the start tonight for Houston as well. That might yeah, be where I go. That might be my guy. Everyone's on Lars and Newt Bar, and I'm going to be on uh, bring Justin Verlander in for a championship run next season. Here's the big three predictions from us for the offseason that we've we've decided are going to happen between the two of us, and we both agree Alec Manoa is signing a long-term extension. Yep. The Jays are going to sign Justin Verlander, mm-hmm. and the Jays are going to trade one of the catchers for Lars Newt Bar. Depending on which catcher is going back, it might be Lars Newt Bar and something else, perhaps a reliever. That kind of thing. Those are the big three moves. We this is the Blue Jays Nation endorse predictions. How's that sound? With a little asterisks at the end that says if Otani is available, you trade everyone on the active roster for him, correct? Yeah, hundred percent. You trade you Justin go. Berlander shortly after signing him. <laughs> a freshly long term psychedelic Manila. <laughs> And Lars Newpark, you get all three of them go out west for Shohei Otani. That's you, that's prediction round two. You have Manoa. He's like in Shapiro's office, and they're like, all right, here's the paperwork, 10-year deal, however many hundreds of millions. Alec, we're so excited you signed this deal. And then they just hand him a plane ticket, and they're like, we just traded you for Shohei Otani, by the way. This reminds me, and this is such a random thing to pull, but this was back in the summer of, like, what summer was it that LeBron James came back to Cleveland? 2014? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so they signed LeBron in free agency, and then all the talk was they're going to trade Andrew Wiggins, who they just drafted to get Kevin Love, because LeBron wants to play with them. And then there was all this shit because they couldn't trade Wiggins, blah, blah, blah. blah. It took took them a certain amount of time, and they couldn't figure out what the trade was going to be. But then the onion comes out with this headline, and I thought it was an actual thing. And it said, Cleveland has traded LeBron James to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Kevin Love. <laughs> and I thought it was real, and it was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it was honestly one of the funniest things I've ever read. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, you know what yeah, we didn't do? Fucked, but... uh, we didn't go mm-hmm. through... Uh... I was about to wrap this up, but I really want to do this for the end of the pod. Yeah, we should do that. We didn't do our uh, MLB trade uh, rumors l- released its arbitration projections for everyone. Um, so I'll, we'll do this in kind of chunks since we're already like past half an hour here on the pod. Um, the lower end guys they projected, Trent Thornton, 1.1 mil, Bradley Zimmer, 1.3, Trevor Richards, 1.5, Tim Mazo 1.9. Uh, any of those guys in the under $2 million range that you want back on the Jays next year? Meza and Richards are no-brainers for me. Meza's been a good left-handed pitcher for the Jays for quite some time now. Uh, Trevor Richards was good in the latter half of the season. No worries there. Zimmer and Thornton for that money, you can probably do better. Yeah. That was kind of my thinking as well. If you're going to spend that kind of money on, like, I'll take the 1.3 from Thornton, combine it with the 1.4 from Zimmer, and go get a higher-end guy who can pinch run, who isn't just an absolute black hole at the plate. I'll do that yeah. all day. I agree on my Mason Richards. Uh, Mesa, good left-hander. Forget what happened in the playoffs. You can't think like that. And for Richards, worst-case scenario next year is he's a million and a half, and he's your long-inning guy that you use in blowouts next season. No reason to scoff at that either. Uh, the next range, Espinal, 2.1 mil. Biggio, 2.6. Simber, 3.2. What do you think of those three? I think all three of those would come back. Maybe. The one I have the most difficulty with is the 2.6 for Biggio. I don't know if 
you know, if you have Biggio and Espinal, and you consider those to be a platoon, kind of like your infield moving around, platoon, righty, lefty situation. And between the two of them, they're 4.7 mil. And you also have Whit Merrifield, I think, pretty much penciled in as your starting second baseman at six mil, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. So are you going to spend $10 million on those three guys combined? Maybe not. I think it comes down to Biggio or Espinal, in which case you'd probably go with Espinal because he's got the better glove, I think, for the role. The only thing that could change is if you put Espinal on a trade, right? Yeah, that's true, of course. And that's that's the thing is you yep. might qualify all of these guys just because, you know, there's 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 the potentials of trades as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see a situation where they uh, where they deal Biggio this winter. You get a team who's willing to take a chance on them. Maybe they have a good veteran reliever that you really like, and like the cost is Biggio, and you sit there and okay, we got Merrifield and Espinal. Biggio's just a spare part. Let's use them to try get take a dart at some reliever we really like in another organization. Yeah, it's, that's why. Yeah, that's why I I, I kind of lean towards. You know, if the Jays wanted to save money, maybe they get rid of them. But I I, I don't think they just cut them loose. I, they, that's not really how they operate. Simber gets a yes from you at three point two. Yeah. Yeah. I like that too. Uh, the, next, agency. the next run, I'll, I'll give you these two names because I think they're both automatics. Danny Jansen, 3.7. Jordan Romano, 4.4 mil. Automatic. No, Automatic. not even a second vote. Rymel Tapia, 5.2. That's tough. That's, I really, I really quite like Tapia on the Jays. I think he, I think the trade they did was, was, was good for them. Switching out, great chuck for him. You got a player that was a little bit more contact oriented, added the left-handed bat. Tapia was, you know, like he, he came up clutch quite a few times. He's not great defensively, but he's quite fast. Uh, and maybe you can do better than that in free agency at 5.2. You can also not qualify and, and bring him back on a different contract. Yeah, I wouldn't do I don't, five. I don't, yeah. I think you that's can a, use that money and, and spend it better elsewhere. Um, aim higher than Tapia again. If if you want to not qualify him and then come back, revisit it later if he's sitting unsigned, like sure, maybe he's your new Bradley Zimmer, but not as good defensively, and you bring him in for cheap. But I think some other team will pay Rymel Tapia more than you'd be willing to, and I'd like to see them aim higher for the left handed bat they uh they have either on the bench or in the corners of the outfield next year. Uh Bo Bichette, six point one, automatic. Yep, easy. Teoscar Hernandez, 14.1, automatic. You obviously have to pick up the qualifying. Yeah. You obviously have to tender him the offer, but the question is then, are they trying to trade this guy over the offseason to free up some money, or is this you're comfortable having him back at 14.1? Because remember, he's one year from free agency, so this is a guy that even if you don't want to keep him around long-term, you're not comfortable doing so, you, you, you can qualify him and get the draft back. And, and the guaranteed rate for the one-year contract for 2024. So, yeah, that's another no-brainer for me, no doubt. Though I'm not 100% sure if he'll be back next year because he could be a part of a trade. That too. Because of the he, money. He is one of those guys that gets thrown around in the trade-off or in the trade rumors quite a bit. Uh, finally, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., $14.8 I mean, obviously. My question to you is if you offered a Vladdy Guerrero Jr., who's a little bit older than Tatis was when he signed it, but a 14-year, $340 million deal, which works out to just over 24 mil a season. Who says no to the Tatis offer to grow? Do the Jays not offer it, or does Vladdy not sign it? I don't think either of them say yes. I don't think Vladdy's interested in signing that deal because I, I, I do really believe that he wants to get a bit closer to free agency to understand his options and maximize his earnings. Uh, and I don't know if the Jays are comfortable offering Vladdy such a contract. I think that the Jays look at the possibility of the other things they could do and i'm not sure they're ready to commit to either of them just yet fair enough 
All right, I'm happy we ran through that there at the end. Uh, we'll be back, like I said, next week or so. Chat some more Jays, chat about the World Series matchup and all that good stuff. Uh, but it was good getting another one of these out. Coombsy should be a fun winter around Toronto. Looking forward to more rosterbation as we try and determine what the 2023 Blue Jays look like. World Series winners. We are the only Jays podcast that will use that word, guaranteed. Roster bit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a thing we like to do. <laughs> yeah thanks uh thanks for listening episode 120 of blue jays nation radio for our friends at doordash where that code is game day 25 gets our listeners 25 percent off zero delivery fees on their first order of 15 dollars or more when you download the doordash app and points bet canada you have your jays fan you have no reason to watch any of these games why not get a little get in on the action with our friends at points bet canada thanks for t- uh, listening we'll chat again in about a week best wishes Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.